0: Welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, in our penultimate episode, we'll be talking about our evergreen games. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris.
1: This is our second to last episode, and even though the podcast may be going away, some games in our collections have a home forever. Just what games do we think are mainstays of our collection? Why? Why? And maybe more interestingly, what games have we talked about over the years that did not make the cut?
2: But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show. Adam Harrison, Miles Clarks, Heroware, with Michael Finley, listener Doug, and the Gifted Games in Grace Lake. I also need to go back and get everyone's name for next episode. Um, Huge thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, Also, just a reminder, nobody's getting charged anymore. So thank you. And we do record live. You have one more chance. That's next week, 8.30 Central Time. That'll be our last episode. We have a guest on this episode.
1: Yeah, you may have just heard her. Player (laughs) 5 is joining us for the uh, activities this evening.
2: And she is bright and happy and cheery. We'll see how long she lasts. (laughs) So you said Spencer took the big kids away. So you are at home by yourself with two twins and recording a podcast.
1: Yeah, I didn't remember the recording a podcast part when i told spencer he could take the big kids
2: um, on a fishing trip up north (laughs) Um, i see how i see where we rate that's cool you know (laughs) sleep deprivation they are gonna be fantastic i am sure
1: yeah i'm gonna go get the other one because the monitor is turning red now so (laughs) i'll be back you guys banter without me
2: We're going to banter without you, Um, and then Kitty will come in and out. So yeah, Fletcher, how was your weekend?
0: Oh, it was good. Uh, Let's see, what did I do? It's always a blur, and I can never remember, but (laughs) yesterday I went out to eat at a fancy... Do you remember Arun's? I don't know if you ever went there, but it's like a fancy Thai restaurant that's close to
2: where you used to live and close to where I live. I don't... mm, I've gone to a couple fancy Thai restaurants. But I like my Thai kind of like I like my Chinese food in a plastic container. Um so <laughs> really fine too. But usually it's a plastic container. And I do love uh, Thai food.
0: This was a fancy Thai place. It was the fanciest Thai food I've ever had. And it was actually really good. Um and uh also very spicy, which I which I like, which I really enjoy. But wanted to go there. Ate there yesterday. That was that was amazing. Oh, and then um couple of my friends actually got engaged this weekend that's why i couldn't remember what was happening and yeah they got engaged and then they had like a surprise i don't know engagement party i guess at uh, home slice and uh there was a bunch of people there and we all drank and ate pizza wait that was it was on a Saturday.
2: surprise engagement party yeah
0: well yes i guess so because she didn't know well he knew he planned everything this is pat you met pat um, he planned it, but she didn't know that there was going to be like a, a engagement party, I guess. But she knew she
2: was getting pizza for dinner.
0: Yes, they were going okay. to. Yeah, they were going to homeplace to
2: get pizza, um, but they didn't know that there was going to be you know thirty other people there. That's fair. So Kitty just sat. I'm going to describe what we're seeing because Kitty just sat down <laughs> and there's two <laughs> baby heads coming out of her left arm. Yep. <laughs> so uh, oh, i them just sneezed that's adorable um <laughs> there it is again <laughs> so i will say for every every child that you've had i think mostly i have not had to bring the babies on, on the thing but you have at some point recorded episodes where they were sitting in your lap the entire time
1: that sounds true i'm certain that um Player three made many appearances on the podcast. Player four probably did at least once.
2: Once or twice, yeah. But but I, so I think it's only appropriate that in our second <laughs> to last episode, there are two babies. I just yep. think that, yes. that makes sense. But they um, made yeah. their appearance. Yeah, they gotta be there. And they're just, they're quiet and happy and...
1: For now. I'm, I'm sorry it about it any pacifier sounds <laughs> that may be coming through, but yeah.
2: If as long um, as they're more than three inches away from the microphone, it won't pick it up.
1: I don't. So everyone else is think like, I don't hear any up. babies. <laughs>
2: somebody's I don't know. Those sneezes babies.
1: came through loud and clear. <laughs> but yeah, for now they just want to be held. So we'll that's, see how long that's, that holds out.
2: That is totally fair. Yeah, we don't. Well, Becca's in the tantrum age range which I still don't think they're tantrums, but tonight it was pretty bad where she, we turned the TV off because it was time for bath, and she just decided to sit on the floor and scream.
1: <laughs> uh, that sounds like a tantrum to me. Yeah. It's a pretty classic but she, tantrum.
2: But yeah. she was looking at me knowing what she was doing. Absolutely. Like, That's yeah, a tantrum. They know what they're doing. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> I look at her like, Becca, stop crying. And she'll stop, and she looks at me, and then she looks at the TV and then screams again. And I'm just uh, like, Okay we tell right. player
1: four that's fake and she goes it's not fake
2: <laughs> that <laughs> that that's actually a fake use cry that. no fake.
1: it's not a fake cry
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes yes it is uh, kids they're so manipulative they learn such at such a young age how to like just push your all your buttons it's amazing <laughs> Uh, all right, A couple things. Uh, a few people are asking in chat whether or not Josh will join us for our next episode, our last episode. I did text him. I have not heard anything back from him. He may join. He may not. I'm not making any plans one way or the other. Um, <laughs> but if he is able to join, we'll certainly invite him on and he will be with us. Um, otherwise, it'll be the three of us. And I literally have no topic planned whatsoever. So. Uh, I'm going to create a thread <laughs> on the Discord for basically, hey, any questions, comments, anything that you want for the final episode, you know, type it here. And then we will go through that thread uh, next week. Uh, you don't, it's just whatever. We'll just be playing everything by ear because it's the last episode and I don't feel like doing show notes. We're not even going to do show notes. There's no show notes. You just decided <laughs> that right now.
1: I, I will, don't know how to read the things without showing up.
2: That's true. <laughs> there will be a document that says episode three fifty. <laughs> it will have the intro, and then it'll have the outro, and it'll have nothing in the middle. Well, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is going to happen. Um, <laughs> Christopher asked if I still have the email of the fifty plus questions he sent a few years ago. I probably, probably. do, <laughs> um, but I'm not gonna go. Dig them up, because you guys can ask questions in real time, too. I don't care. <laughs> Go away. A basic
1: email search is too much for us.
2: It's it's too hard. That's why I'm done that's with this podcast. That's why we're not
1: doing a podcast anymore, because <laughs> it has become too hard. Do you see how many hands I have right now?
2: <laughs> you have <laughs> two six hands. hands.
1: I have, like, negative five hands.
2: <laughs> yeah, you have 30 toes in your vicinity at the moment. Well, yeah, that's I guess a lot that's of toes. true. Yeah. Just saying, it's rough, Um, but yeah. So that's that's next week. Um, I don't know how I'm going to react to it. Honestly, it's weird that it's already here. But yeah, so we'll worry about that next week. Um, This week, though, I did want to do an actual gaming episode, and I realized that we're kind of doing back to back, just talking about a bunch of games. But considering we've done seven (laughs) years of not talking about specific games, (laughs) yeah, you know. Also, it's in the name of the podcast, so. I know, but we we are a much more topical podcast than a let's talk about the new hotness podcast. And intentionally, we've always been that intentionally because it's hard to keep up with the new hotness if it's not your full time job. So I'm not going to try to be the Dice Tower because all they do all week long is play games. And I don't play games all week long. I play enough, but not nearly as much as they are. Um, Miles says he can't make it and that he is devastated, but he's here today. And all right, Miles, we'll just, I'll just make you type out something in, in the, in the thread and then I'll read it verbatim. Maybe. Cause now that I've said that, I don't know. You're here <laughs> for the last
1: podcast where we're actually going to do anything. So, you know, there's that. This is
2: true. Yeah. Next week we're just going to, yeah, there's nothing, that, nothing's going to happen. Um, so let's just jump right into this because... I'm wondering if you guys I, I'm I'm using the term evergreen games and I may not be using it exactly correctly. This is typically a term that's used by like publishers for games that they can continually print and resell. Wingspan. But for Scythe, our collection, actually,
1: we're applying yeah. it to a personal collection.
2: Yeah. Exactly. These are mm-hmm. games that we can't imagine not being in our stock, I guess is mm-hmm. how you uh, associate that with the publisher.
1: If we and were I publishers, say, this is what we would keep publishing.
2: Exactly. And I will say this was actually fun to do. Because I've been trying to, like, call the collection down to X <laughs> number of games. And that's hard.
1: See, I looked at this list and I was like, I made this list. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to get rid of the rest of my
2: games. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of what I did. I'm like, like, oh, yeah, I'm,
1: these are the ones that I want to have. And the other ones, like... They're basically all on the chopping block now. And yeah, Chris berated like, me
0: ahead of time because he was like, Plusher, you didn't do your homework. And I'm like, Chris, I only have
2: eleven games in my closet. Like <laughs> Night what, right. what do you want list. me to do?
1: That is my list. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now, a lot of people's Evergreen games are like Monopoly. Sorry. Like they're the they're the ones clue. You know, they're the ones sitting at the top of the closet. Um and they just stay around because, you know, what else are you gonna do with them? But no, I agree. Like after I made this list, I'm like, oh, okay. So why do I have any of these other games? Because I this was the whole. What's that person that you really like? Where does this bring me joy? <laughs> Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. Yeah, that's that's what this was. Where it's like I I looked at these games. I'm like, do I ever imagine myself does getting this rid of this? Spark joy. <laughs> yeah. And if I said no. I'm like, all right, it's on the list. And there were so many games where I'm like, I like this game, but I do see myself getting rid of it. And it was kind of a, I I recommend everybody do this because it's just interesting. Take a look at your collection and say, I will never get rid of that game. And just move that to the top of the list.
1: And then you'll find that unless you're Fletcher, you've got like a bunch of games. that You're like, huh?
2: Why do I have these? Why do I have this game?
1: This didn't make the cut. So why is it here?
2: (laughs) Yep. All right. So what are your guys's um, like criteria for a game that you want to keep forever? And we'll start with you, Fletcher, because you have, you know, your criteria, I believe is it's currently in my closet. But is there anything (laughs) else besides that?
0: Um, Yeah, I would say that it needs to be a pretty popular game that makes it to the table frequently. Um, so, whether or not you know I uh, played a lot is a big deciding factor.
2: Okay, I would say that's fair. That was not necessarily for me. The amount of times it hits the table was not like a top criteria. I would say probably in relation is it is a game I know well enough where when it hits the table, I don't have to relearn the rules. So I've played it enough mm. to right. know
0: well, that's the what rules. I kind of mean. Like I know the rules of all of my games pretty well, and I could teach them. Or, like, most people have probably played some of these games, so uh, they might already be familiar with the rules, too.
2: Alright. Katie, what is... What were one of your, or a couple of your criteria for, like, <laughs> yes, this is one I want?
1: Well, I created kind of categories for um the, the games that I'm keeping here. So, there's, like, I guess for my, like, obvious choices, like, these are the games. Like, it's just, like, I... Always want to play this game. If somebody says, let's play a game, I'm like, okay, how about one of these four? (laughs) And those ones just, like, automatically made the list. I know what those are. I didn't have to think about them. And then, basically, I just, like, looked at my – I sat and looked at my game shelf and went, like, like, if I was in a really low-key house fire, which ones am I grabbing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) All like, pets, you know the house all pets and humans up. are already outside. <laughs> right, yeah, we pets have a and few humans.
1: Minutes. It's yeah. It's not like you know totally on fire yet. I feel safe, but the house is going to burn down. I don't know what scenario this is that I've created, but, <laughs> and but that also, is, all is what important it was. Documents
0: are already gone too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we've we've got a fireproof safe. I don't have to worry about that. That's fine.
0: I've yeah, got my you prior- know
1: passport, birth certificates, those things. Um. <laughs> apparently, the next on my criteria was um. Board games. So, yeah. I, I've saved everything else out of my house. This is where I'm at.
2: <laughs> now we need a fireproof. I think board I think that's just thing.
0: called uh, pasta on the stove. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right, all right. Um, What about some things that disqualify a game? And I'll give an example. So, like, um, Pandemic Legacy Season One, fantastic game, great memories, mm-hmm. but not qualified like i don't need it anymore
1: we already played it <laughs> yeah it's yes been done that was the same for me any legacy games even if we're like in the midst of it doesn't count as an evergreen game because there's an end the, there's an end
2: yep Fletcher, so it's anything not evergreen it's <laughs> <laughs> not evergreen anything deciduous. that you rule out like this was a game that i can't imagine keeping for whatever reason
0: uh i mean i did put on my list as a probably not game as jaws of the lion because okay. even though I haven't finished playing it yet, and I'm having fun playing it, um, once I finish it, I can't imagine bringing it
2: back to play again. Now, um, <laughs> the chat's chat's making it real by like, yeah, and there was this fire at my in-law's house, and I lost all these games due to water damage. I'm like, okay, uh, we are talking hypothetical, and any similarity with real-world decisions Is purely coincidental, or whatever the disclaimer is. Um, I guess Terrence
1: (laughs) makes a good point that a flood would be a better... uh, It's a slow impending disaster that I could grab my games. What games games am I saving from 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 my flood?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also devastating. Not quite as bad as Fire, but it can be pretty bad depending on what's there. Yeah, for me, it was like, basically, anything I've played once and said, all right, that's pretty good, and would play again... But can't imagine, like, going to that. That is, like, it can be the the best game ever. And still, if I can't imagine going back to it again, I'm like, yeah, that's probably not going to stick around. It has to be something I want to play multiple times. And potentially multiple times in a row. So, yeah. All right. (laughs) Interrupted by earthquake. Fire during a flood that was interrupted by earthquake after a hurricane. All right. Chat's got dark. Let's talk about games. (laughs) (laughs) Now I split these up into a couple categories, and Kitty, I saw that you actually both of you guys kind of uh, followed suit. And for the obvious ones, these are ones that we've talked about so much; it's not worth rehashing. Besides saying these are on my list, and for me, there's five of them: Marvel United because I have everything. The game is fun. <laughs> it's I'm like painting. I'm a third of the way through painting them. Like, there's, it's just something about that games that's, like, simple, easy, fun, open to everybody. Love it. Um, Cthulhu Death May Die. Love it. Scenario-based, not a big commitment, but this epic stuff. Both of these are the only cool mini or not games on my list. Uh, too Many Bones, because I've spent too many bones on this game. And therefore it will always exist. Uh, it also has a nice little carrying case Arkham horror, the card game for basically the same reason I have everything in multiple copies and it is a great game. It is a mini campaign game. Um, all four of those are co-op games and they're the only co-op games, mm, probably the only co-op games on my list. <laughs> and then the last one is, <laughs> Valor's like, you can't even destroy too many bones. So that would survive a flood, which is true. Um, And then lastly, Homeworlds, um, which is, I'm just going to say Pyramid Arcade, like that box itself. But Homeworlds is the big one. Um, I just can never imagine not having that game around because it's just so much fun to play in public. So those are my like obvious games. Um, Kitty, what are the ones that you're like, yeah, these ones are just 100%. No questions.
1: Um, Calico, Cascadia, Herbaceous, and Parks.
2: I didn't really herbaceous. Was I play that herbaceous high on your with list.
1: my family all the time. I don't know if it's like that great a game, but it's just like really easy <laughs> to get to the table. Everyone knows the rules. we don't have to do any explaining. It's just like I, I just would never get rid of it. I don't know that yeah. I love it that much, but it's just a, an obvious it, it's like um
0: everyone else loves it too much. <sighs> yeah.
1: It's just like a really, it's like, it is the center of the Venn diagram for my family. You know?
2: Right. It's like Spencer's millborn right? It's just an easy card game to get to the table.
1: Yeah. Um, everyone always remembers the rules. There's enough take that that my sister who likes that will play with us. But there's enough lack of interaction that it doesn't feel too spiteful. It's just, it's a good middle
2: ground. All right. I love it um all right and fletcher what are your obvious is obviously eyes
0: <laughs> so i have viticulture the uh i don't know the new edition whatever it's es- called essential edition the essential <laughs> edition splendor um i have pandemic on here and that's gotten the wrong thing uh sushi go
2: party because <laughs> i have pandemic on there twice so to be clear viticulture splendor and sushi go party are your are your mainstays that's correct I think those are really good choices. Um, I don't like Sushi Go Party.
0: You don't like I, Sushi Go
2: Party? No, it's it's a little too... It's a little too casual for a drafting game for me. There's other kind oh. of drafting games that I kind of like better. Um, <laughs> Kitty will be back in just a moment. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but the rest of them, like Viticulture, obviously, it's, it's just a fantastic game uh splendor i think i'm splendored out but yeah, I, can totally I can definitely see, see why that. yeah yeah but it's also one of those games that you can pull splendor out with any group at any time and everyone will immediately grasp it and it's essentially very easy just have to a swing. chance yeah. yeah so i mean there's some strategy to it but i remember there's two play sessions of splendor that i remember that were like Quintessential to my understanding that Splendor feels like there's skill involved, but there's zero skill involved. Um, And people will argue with me on this, but they'll be wrong. You can be bad at Splendor. Don't get me wrong. But there is a cap to how good you can be. And that skill cap is relatively low. So once you understand the basics, anybody can win. I taught my, my parents this, who are not huge gamers. And we played four games... And Sydney won once. I won once. My mother won once, and her husband won once. We did the same thing with her parents, and we all won once. Right. And again, the level of game experience between this group is very different. Um, but it's one of those games that anyone, everyone feels like they have a chance, and I think that makes for good gaming. All right, Kitty. Right. I'm I'm going to you only to say, do you want to jump and do some more games, or are we rocking?
1: <laughs> um, I can talk about some more games.
2: All well, right, I will let chair you go My might be
1: making noise. Um,
2: That's okay. You know,
1: we're here. Yeah. So my next category <clears throat> has a very interesting title here. This is games I wish I played more often, even though they don't see much table time, you can pry them out of my cold, dead fingers.
2: That's fair. I love it. And I'd like these selections. Go.
1: <laughs> so the first one up is Tournament at Camelot. This is one, um, gosh, I picked up at Origins, maybe? Like I in think it was 20- Orthans, yep. 2018. Um,
2: we played it at the Starbucks in the convention center.
1: Yes. And it is a trick-taking game with medieval art um, based powers. on Arthurian legend. And it's really fun. Every um, character has, like, a special ability. And it, it's just a really fun trick-taking game that um, plays three to five players, which I really like. Um, but it's competitive. So that one's there. Um, the crew is also there, both versions, plain old of the crew and, um, whatever the deep sea. I don't
2: uh, know the name. Well, screw. The first one is the crew, uh, quest for planet X. I think there's the like space that.
1: one and the C one. And I like and them the both.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think I like the C one better, but I like them both and I would keep them both in my collection. Um, but the with trick taking games, you need at least three players. Like both of these games, I think have two player variants. But you're always playing with like a dead hand, and it's not the same. And um, yeah, they they just don't hit the table very much. And the last one in this category is Windward, which is the same. There's no two player variant. Um, n- none of these games appeal to my family members who play games with me. So like the last category, um, I can get. My mom, my brother, uh, my sister, to join in, play those games pretty easy. Um, If I have friends over, they might go for one of these games, but it's probably easier to get one of that first category to the table. Um, But I love these games, and they shall never leave my collection, and whenever I get the chance, I am going to make people play with me.
2: I have a few games that are kind of in a similar vein, where they're just too good not to have uh but they don't hit the table that often um and i will say they're they're like the most epic of the games that are on my list so war of the ring uh which is a very long you know based on game of or based on lord of the rings and star mm-hmm. wars rebellion um in my mind they're essentially the same game even though they're completely different but the feeling you get is this <laughs> epic saga based on these IPs it's a good an versus
1: evil battle of two asymmetric powers
2: yep and they're and they're both two player games that take anywhere from three to six hours to play and then the other one I would I would put on this list too that is on my list and legit is uh Zaya, which I have not played in a long long time it's literally a roll and move um kind of the expansion kind of uh, takes out the roll and move randomness of it but mostly this is a sp- uh, a space pickup and deliver. It doesn't hit the table that often. It's an okay two-player game, but it's better at higher player counts. But it's always going to exist in my collection because it's just... Every time I play it, I love it. So those are me. Um, Fletcher, what are your like games that... Do you have games that you just want to play more often? Or do you not have this category?
0: Um, I'm not sure I really have... I get... I mean, I guess my maybe category is kind of games that I would like to play more often, along with some other stuff. Um, I don't know if you want me to go into that, but I would say, like, so Star Trek Frontiers is, like, a game that I would like to play more often, but don't. Same thing mm. with Marvel United. Both of these are in my maybe category.
2: Um, the difference is Marvel United you can play in a half hour. Star Trek Frontiers yes. is a bit longer. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um. And I want, to, I want to play both of those more, and I put Marvel United in my maybe category, mostly because it hasn't made it to the table that much. Um, and also, uh, I'm going to get so much content um, <laughs> at some point in the future
2: that it might as well just be an evergreen game. Yeah. Well, and because you will have a ton of content, and honestly, like your your collection's small enough where having a nice mainstream co-op game that plays in under an hour... It's it's not a bad staple. Like I said, it's it's the number one game on my list. Yeah. Um and I, I kind of think of all my obviouses as kind of a five-way tie. If someone made me pick between them, I'm not even playing that game. I'd be like, no, I'm not picking between them. I'm picking <laughs> them all. Um all right, so a few of the other so I have my core category. These these are most of the games that I just am never going to give up. Um, and each one of them has kind of a reason for being. in. And the way I kind of did this, and I've done this before, we did a top 10 list. And the way I did the top 10 list was essentially like, in my top 10, I wanted the best of class of each types of things. So this is similar in that way, but there's no you know, specific order to this or anything like that. It's just these games all fill a role and are games that I would play essentially... Anytime anyone wanted to. Um, so, from like, just to stick with the more complicated ones Eclipse Second Dawn for the Galaxy, I think that's what it is. Um, Second Dawn is how I shorthand it. This is a. This is. Twilight Imperium is not on my list. Um, it probably will never leave my collection, but I've only played it maybe a half a dozen times where Eclipse. I love this game. It plays faster. It's a little less diplomacy, but more tech and, you know, customizing your ship. Um, And they're still like flying around in space and shooting at things and objectives and stuff. I love this game. I don't play it nearly as much as I'd want to, but it is just... It's just so good. Especially the the second edition, which is what Second Dawn is. Um, It's just so good. And then I'm trying to not... Steal things that you guys had, so I'm I'm looking at your list to make sure this next one is not on either of your lists, and I don't think so. And that would be scythe. Mm.
1: That would be this on Spencer's me, list if he had a list.
2: It's it's so good. It and the thing is, I was trying to it's classify fun. it, and I ended up putting the classification as just unique. It is action selection. It is engine building. It is territory control. It is resource management. It is like a little bit of discovery to it. Um, There is, it's not really victory points, but there's goals. Like there's something about Scythe that just nothing else has ever been able to fill that type of game. And therefore I can't imagine it going away. Plus I haven't even played any of the Rise of Fenris expansion, which turns it into like a campaign game with tons of added modules that you can mix in there. Like there's just so much life left in this game. I can never imagine getting rid of it. So that's that's one of my main cores, and then another one which almost made the obvious category but didn't quite, and that's Great Western Trail. Um, and I tried to give this one a classification too, and I failed. But then it occurred to me that I'm just going to call this Euro game. So this is my <laughs> this is my Euro game. Um, there's a plenty of Euro games on this list, but that one is just like the quintessential Euro game as far as it's it's concerned. Now this is first edition that I own. I might at some point in the future, replace it with second edition. Um, but th- I still count that as, you know, being an evergreen game. It's just whether or not I have first or second edition. All right, Kitty, you have a couple other things here. I think, I think let's do your two player games.
1: So these are my two player games that Spencer enjoys playing with me. So they're always easy to get to the table. We play these all the time. Um, They always go with us on vacation when it's just us going on a trip. These come. And that is The Fox in the Forest and Odin's Ravens.
2: I have never played Fox in the... No, that's not true. Fox in the Forest has an app and I played it once there.
1: It's not the same.
2: But I'm guessing it's not the same.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Something tells you. It's just not the same. No, when you're playing against like a human, it feels very different. Um, I don't know. We really liked it. This one came with us to London, and we played it just a ton there. It's a two-player trick-taking game. And yeah, you know, it it hits the same spot that a trick-taking game does and plays well at two players, which is great. Well, I mean, it's only for two players. It is exclusively a two-player game. Um, and the same with Odin's Ravens. It is made to be a two-player game exclusively for two players. Um, and both of these games... Odin's ravens a little bit trickier to play at a restaurant or a bar, but you can. Fox in the forest you can definitely play while you're out at a bar, pub, restaurant, whatever. It's just a couple of cards, you know, stacked on the table, and you each have a hand. Easy card game. Um, yeah, and it's great. I like yeah, them for both. me,
2: for me, my two player games. Um, well, Homeworlds is one of them. Um, I did put, I put Keyforge on this list. Um. Mostly because as I record, I can look to the left and I have a closet that is full of nothing but Keyforge decks. So I can never imagine that game not being in the house. And it's obviously, you know, Sydney's go to. And I love it. I do. It's, it is waned a little bit, as most games do eventually, but for me, but it is 100% so easy to just open up a deck, sit down, and play and you don't have to think about it you don't have to build anything you don't like the prep to play this game is instantaneous um and yeah so it's like i 100% like can't imagine a time when we don't have this in the house uh, spencer or fletcher do you have a two player game that you play with um carmen mm, no not specifically a two player game do you have a game that is like you just play with carmen no <laughs>
1: Does Carmen um, has she ever played a trick taking game? Like, did she grow up playing like Hearts or Spades or something? Because I, I don't would recommend think so. trying out the Fox in the Forest. Very easy to uh, pick up if you understand the concept of trick taking, and it's exclusively two players. Um, I guess me and Spencer like it a lot because we're pretty evenly matched in it. And I feel like maybe if one of you is bigger gamer than the other, it might not be as big a hit. Because it can feel like, I always lose this game.
0: <laughs> I don't know what her growing up game situation uh, was. I should ask her about that. Like, what kind of games did she play going, you growing play? up, if any? Everybody yeah.
1: plays something.
0: Yeah. yeah, maybe it's just like the, you know, monopoly board that is, you know, almost obligated to have in the house that people just bust out
2: from time to time. Or yeah. risk. So, Sydney was... Um, at the hairstylist a couple weeks ago, and she was getting her hair done because she was going to Gen Con, I think. Um so it only a couple weeks ago. And the hairstylist asked, like, oh, so, you know, what are you getting, you know, ready for? What are you in for? And she's like, oh, I'm going to a gaming convention. And the hairstylist responded with, oh, yeah, I used to play games when I was a kid, but, you know, since I got older, I, I don't, you know, I don't play games anymore. But I can totally see how that might be fun for some people. This is how I think... <laughs> Carmen thinks about games it's like wait that's something that kids do why are you doing this as a grown adult
0: no she has a more nuanced understanding than that because you know, <laughs> she's play married games to me. With us. yeah she
1: played yeah. um oh uh, bunch of of game?
0: she played a bunch of games with us she did play what, a bunch of she... games
1: with us but I'm only remembering the one game because that was the fun one
2: <laughs> yes she came over and crypto it was probably crypto which yeah. I will say well, it was a good dec- time decrypto is on my list and this is not a game that i thought (laughs) would like when i first heard about decrypto in general i'm not a huge fan of party games and team games and that kind of stuff um and then i played decrypto and was completely confused by it and then once i realized like how the game plays i'm like oh this is masterful like i love everything about this game it's just so good and it's just one of those games where if we had, you know, the neighbors come over and it's like, oh, well, we could play this game. It's pretty, you know, it's just basically a word association game. We'll split up the team so that we have two people. There's someone on both sides that know how to play and you play it. And then immediately people like just fall in love with this game. It's so good. Uh, if you haven't played it the crypto. Does take a
1: round it. to get. It oh, is. It takes, a,
2: it takes a game to get.
1: It is not. As intuitive. So I do have party games as one of my categories. Um, And in my party game category, I have monikers and telestrations. And those games are super duper easy because everyone basically already knows how to play them. You just have to describe it. Sorry, someone's mad.
2: Yeah, that's all right. (laughs) I I like telestrations. Uh, monikers, that's the one where you describe it and then gesture it and then one word or something, right? It's like the three rounds. You get
1: Yeah. So you get as many words as you want plus gestures and then you get one word plus gestures and then you get just gestures for the last yeah. round.
2: I, I think I actively despise that game, um, but I do <laughs> like telestrations. I do like telestrations. And, and the thing with monikers you is- You've never
1: played not, monikers with me.
2: I have not played with you and I've I, I played it a number it's of times. It's
1: crowd dependent.
2: It is. And I think what it is, is a lot of people get really into it. Um, but for me, I think the anxiety of giving clues takes away from most of the fun of the game. Even though it's just like silly fun and nobody's judging you or anything like that, it's still you're up there and you're like, oh, but, and you're like, oh, you guys got two right. And then someone else goes, and like, oh, they got 12 right. Great.
1: See, the fun of it is, the first round, that's true. But what I love about it is that a lot of times what is the struggle in the first round becomes the really easy clue in the third round. Because there was one time I was trying to describe um, nesting dolls. Was Matryoshka, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> and I just kept kind of making this hand gesture where I was like... <laughs> <laughs> trying to put the dolls together i was was putting something in a cup i I was just doing this with my hands kind of blankly like trying to find words and everyone's just staring at me and i felt dumb but then for the third round all i had to do was do that hand motion that i just stood there kind of blankly doing for the first round where i struggled and i did that for the third round and everyone was like oh yes that one we know this now so it can take your weaknesses and make them a strength and it's fun but you have to be playing with um the right deck. So this is one where like you can collect a lot of like decks so everyone has to kind of know the same pop culture references. You know, you That's have to know That's another
2: thing too is I'm really bad at pulp culture, pop culture and pop yeah. culture.
0: <laughs> pop
2: culture.
1: <laughs> I mean
0: which Benedict is your favorite? Only the
1: Catholics are good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pop culture. Um but yeah, so you have to know at least enough of the references to, like, get there eventually. And there is a time limit. So, you know, if you don't get something eventually, you'll stop struggling at some point. You don't have to stand yeah. there forever. Now, I agree.
2: <laughs> I think I think the third round of this game is certainly the best. Um, yeah. But I remember, so the first time I... Maybe not the first time, but the first time I remember, like, playing with people who were taking it super seriously, I was actually playing with Eric Lang at Simon um, Con. And... He loves this game, Um, or at least a version of it. I don't know that it was... It might have been monikers, but there's, like, numbers. This is, like, a public Yeah, it's a pretty common name. Yeah. You can can play it any way you want. A lot of times people will... Like, usually, I've seen it where people will put in, like, three different clues. So everybody has some words in the bucket. And so you know what might be trying to describe, and then you break into teams. Sure. It's, like,
1: um, Insider or... Um, what are some of these other games where you don't really have to have the game? You just exactly have to know the rules, and you can just make it up as you go.
2: Yep. but they took it very seriously, and they were very good at it. And then I got up there, and I'm just well, like, that's uh,
1: impossible. <laughs> it was
2: it was rough. It was rough. And then, um, but yeah, but yeah, I had I, to I, make a right, family
1: friendly deck, and I would play it with uh the youth group when I was doing that. But yeah, uh, right. warning to families: this game, the base game, is not family friendly
2: <laughs> there's so many versions i of had it, to pull though.
1: many cards out of the base <laughs> game
2: <laughs> so fletcher your party games are basically sushi go party yes pretty much
0: this that's the fair. one that i like playing anyway i have other party games but that's my favorite
2: i don't know if what I have are the ones any you other- don't like
0: <laughs> well i mean i have um uh cards against humanity I definitely don't like that. I don't prefer that game. Though sometimes people are like, "Oh, you have cards against vanity. Let's play that game." And I'm like, "Okay." That's <laughs> why
1: you get it out of your collection.
2: Yeah, and that's why th- this doesn't even this doesn't even come close to my list because it's never been in my collection. Nah, and, or anything like it. Like apples to apples, anything like that is just like I don't like that type of game. They just turn it to
1: popularity contests. Like yes, not oh, yeah, I don't like them because I'm not yeah. good at them. <laughs> no one thinks I'm now, funny no one thinks I'm as funny as I think I am
2: which is they're tr- they're right but still um, <laughs> I will say um, just, just for reference I didn't mention Viticulture is also on my list of games to keep I didn't mention that when we were talking about yours but I feel I like will
1: Viticulture is on my list of games that I should own but don't
2: <laughs> so well you have friends who have it so you're good <laughs> and
1: uh, it's on BGA
2: it is on BGA so it's easy to play there I will say that I just speaking of BGA and party games, I've just played Challengers a couple times, and I really like this game. It's essentially... Have you played it?
1: I just no. played it. I what won. I don't know how.
2: Exactly. All right. So <laughs> this game, it's on BGA, and it is it is War, the card game War, as in both of you flip a card, whoever gets the highest card takes both cards. It's this game... Sort of. Sort of. Um, it's more like
1: capture the flag plus, but with, a,
2: with with war also. Yeah, it's a well, yeah, you're trying to win to capture the flag with a drafting mechanic, and the what you're trying to do is craft a deck that can go in an almost automated head to head duel, and whoever wins the duel, you're 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 trying to collect fans essentially, and whoever wins the duel, um gets a certain number of fans. Great. And then at the end of seven rounds, where every time between every round, there's trophies, Uh, but the trophies Mm -hmm. don't actually matter because you're just, it's the you play seven rounds, you're drafting each round, you play these kind of automated battles. There's some decisions to be made depending on the cards you draft. And at the end, whoever has the most fans, those two people will go against each other and that determines the winner of the game. And it sounds super lame, but it isn't. And the, because more the you cards play it, have
1: abilities. There's, it's yeah, not the just straight war. There's cards that have abilities, and there's also like only six slots on your bench. So if you have only six kinds of cards in your hand, you have an advantage, but then you're limited because you only get to draft two cards every round. And there's different decks with different power levels, so you have to make a choice what you're drafting from. It's more than just war, yeah. but it is. I
2: think it's fantasy football. <laughs> in a card game because you're drafting your team and then you watch cool? your team play essentially. Yeah. And
1: you get to it's make not minor on my decisions though. <laughs>
2: yeah. You make minor decisions depending on the cards you draft. Sometimes you can draft cards and make no decisions, but it's not on my list, but it has the potential. I don't own it physically. I'm going to pick it up physically. It has the potential of making this list because it's another one that could be a party game with it. It plays up to eight um, I think you could even play more because after the dra- the drafting is a solo experience. You're not; it's not a pass draft or anything like that. Yeah, and then it's
1: just draw so many cards, keep two,
2: right? And you and you battle against one other person. So it's not like you can have as many people as you want. You just pair off, and then the people with the most fans battle. But anyway, um, that's sort of a tangent. My other game that's <laughs> is really on this list, and I'm going to say. Two of them right now because they they kind of fill similar roles, but I they're very different feeling. And that's Gizmos, which I've talked about a zillion times as an engine builder. And I lie, this is a cmon game, so that's another cmon game on my list. um As a is an adorable engine builder that's easy to learn and easy to play? Like I just I I love this game. um It was at the cmon Con. It was launched at the Simon that I played with Eric Lang um, Moniker. And then the other one which feels in a in many ways similar uh, and I've talked about it a, a ton too is Century Golem edition. Um, one of them is an engine builder that's like Century a tableau edition engine builder. It's a great game. Yeah. But I don't own it so it didn't make my list. Yeah. It's I've gotten a couple people at work to buy it already and cuz they're like they played it once on BGA and they're like, "Oh, I need to buy this game." I'm like, "It's like $35. Go buy it. It's amazing." <laughs> Kitty just sent us a picture of two little babies passing out on a pillow. Passing out but with a only pass if I'm fire. bouncing
1: them with my foot. <laughs> <laughs> I had to Love turn it. one because she was trying to eat the other one's head. But if I turn them uh, the other direction, then they're happy.
2: That's that's fair. Um, you know something? I have one other one that kind of goes with this too, and this is one that I did not think. I would put on my list ever because I put off playing it until like two or three expansions out in it. Um, And that's quacks of quacks of Quenlinburg, which is a really good push your luck game with some, again, it's sort of like you're drafting tokens. It's a, it's a bag builder. So you're drafting tokens and you're, you just keep pulling tokens until you've pulled enough bad ones that cancel, you know, oh, you're done now. Um, But it's super easy to learn. It's, It's fun. The whole pressure luck mechanic is there's a risk there, but it's not so punishing that if you do bust, you're not like, oh man, my entire game's busted now. Um, It's just really, really good. I think Gizmos, Quacks, and um, Century Golem Edition all have that feel of very inviting, friendly games with a different core mechanic for each one that I really, I really enjoy. All right, Fletcher. Um, you have an obvious category, a maybe, a probably not, and a game you haven't, games you haven't played. Um, yes. All right. Maybe we go back to your maybes. What are what are a couple more of your maybes?
0: So I talked about two of them, which was Star Trek Frontiers and Marvel's, Uni- Marvel United. But the other three I have on here are Terraforming Mars, which I, j- I decided I genuinely like this game. I think I like it more as a video game than a tabletop game because it's just much easier to understand and to and to pick um i don't know, to pick pick what to do essentially because the tabletop game is kind of overwhelming and the uh graphic design isn't the best but i do <laughs> like the game um, i need to
2: get you to play Ares expedition with me um see if that is a tabletop version of this that you may want to keep around
0: yeah maybe
2: but um we'll put we'll put that on the list
0: put it on the add it to the list uh i have pandemic on here so this is where pandemic goes i like pandemic but i think i'm kind of pandemic out i played a lot of pandemic um so even though i enjoy this game you know i played a lot back in the day with many groups of people and uh i think i'm kind of kind of over it um and then lastly well not lastly but um betrayal at house on the hill in this yeah on this category betrayal at house on the hill um i like this game too it's it's a good blend of kind of simple but then complicated like the rules themselves movement rules and everything are pretty simple it's easy to like kind of get around this where you like place the mansion and then something happens you reveal something and then there's you know there's a bad guy. Maybe it's one of you, maybe it's
2: something else. And then like the objectives change all of a sudden. I think this is probably on a lot of people's lists because it is one of those, it's an Avalon Hills game, which they've been around since the eighties, but it's become like almost a mainstay. Like this, this is the game where if someone doesn't, if I say I play board games and they don't jump to monopoly, it's like, Oh, have you ever played betrayal? And I'm like, yes. Yes like that's like that's the next mainstream it's that it's that gateway step of the 80s 90s right
0: katan would also be in that same kind of grouping yeah ticket well katan has
2: been which one
1: ticket to ride
2: Tick- yeah, so both of those are more recent than betrayal betrayal has been around for at least a decade longer i think mm. but you know and then yeah you'll have katana stuff katana is not on my list ticket to ride is not on my list um I don't think I like Ticket to Ride. I've tried playing it many times and I just don't think I like it. All right, Kitty. You I think I want nostalgic games next.
1: Oh, I was going to go with my beginner games next, but we can do nostalgic games. Um, so I kind of have games for different eras here. So, from my childhood, I have Labyrinth from like when I was like a little little kid, like under 10. And then I graduated to Risk. And then I've got Carcassonne as my kind of like when I was in college young adult. And then Wingspan is kind of my most recent.
2: Hey, it's it's wait, already I'm a nostalgic sorry it's game. On, I'm sorry that
1: it only made the nostalgic category. It's fine. <laughs> it's a fine Player game. But it does. It's just nostalgic for me. I can't get rid of it. I loved it so much. But it's not one that I choose to play all the time. Like, I don't think I would ever bring risk to the table unless somebody else really wanted to play it but i can't get rid of it it's so tied up in my childhood oh yeah i like risk is thanksgiving to me thanksgiving (laughs) my cousin josh would come down uh like the wednesday before and we'd set up a game of risk and we would just play that same game of risk Wednesday night, Thursday morning, break for dinner on Thursday, (laughs) finish up on Friday, maybe. I'd usually be out of it before dinner on Thursday because I was the youngest and not very good. But
2: I remember trying to play Risk Legacy with you and Josh because you both really liked Risk and you hated Risk Legacy because it actually ended at a reasonable time. Um,
1: I wasn't used to that style of game yet. I think maybe if we revisited it, I would feel differently about it because I wasn't expecting it to end
2: right because you also didn't realize what would happen after it ended right there's more games to come so you can't just play one of them
1: yeah
2: yeah you can't play one game for eight hours and then be like okay now we got to play the next one what what um it's not thanksgiving again (laughs) but i i mean i have some nostalgia for risk i will play risk if people want to play it i would also say you know there's a few other games you might like have you tried scythe which is not like Scythe is a Risk is a very simple game, and I think there's something to that type of game that really is appealing, right? It's area control, it's war, it's there's some randomness to it. There's some it's swingy, um, and it's it's really hard to it's hard to win. But if you lose, you're eliminated for the next 18 hours. Um,
1: it was like a gamer's game before like the the modern game was yeah. around.
2: It was the hardest core of the mainstream games in the in the 80s.
1: Yeah. So, and, you know, we were playing pre Catan. I think. I was just trying to look up uh, when all these games were published. But um, my hands are full. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I have a couple others. Um, one that I recently discovered, well, recently being, I think maybe two years ago. Um, and again, one that kind of surprised me because this is one of those games that is very popular very mainstream and therefore something i avoided because it can't be popular and mainstream and good at the same time uh but that's quarkle i really like quarkle this is scrabble with shapes and colors so if someone wants to play scrabble i'll be like nope i would rather stab toothpicks under my fingernails Uh. Uh, but (sighs) we can play quarkle Um, because it has that same feel you're trying to basically score, um, but there's six different colors and six different shapes. And so a word is made up of all of the same color, but all different shapes or all the same shapes, but different colors. And that's, that's basically the rule, but everything else you're laying things down like you would in a Scrabble board. And it is really, really good. It's fun. It's fun. Anyone can play it. Um, I have like the deluxe version, so I have these like these good chunky tiles. Um, it is, it's just a really good game. So, if you want, like the concept of Scrabble, but you don't like whole word games, try Quarkle. And if you like the con, if you love Scrabble, but people won't play it with you because you know all the two letter words and you're no fun to play with, get Quarkle, <laughs> Gloria, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Gloria, because you'll 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 be able to play your Scrabble-esque feel, and it's a much more approachable game. Um, Chris,
1: how would you feel if I told you that Settlers of Catan came out 10 years before Betrayal at House on the Hill, and it's the same year as Ticket to Ride?
2: I think you're lying.
1: You can Google it. I looked up first edition. Betrayal at House on the Hill was 2004. Really? That's what the internet told me.
0: Huh. I was right. going to say, I thought Catan oh. came out in the mid 90s. Yes.
1: 1995 is Sellers of Catan. So almost 10 years later, Ticket to Ride and Betrayal at House on the Hill came out in the same year, 2004. I was a senior in high school.
2: Well, fine. But <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, it seems like an ancient design because it's not that good. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> fair um it, it, betrayal is fine there are a lot of ways to break the game um but usually you'll people have fun with it so i'm not gonna begrudge it that uh another game i put on here though and i don't even know how to how to uh so it, this isn't a specific game but i was just gonna put dungeons and dragons and then i'm like well maybe but i can see myself not playing fifth edition Especially when 6th edition comes out. But I still have 4th edition in my collection. And 1st and 2nd and 3rd. So maybe and it will always be there. <laughs> and Path... Well, no, I got rid of all my Pathfinder stuff, actually. What? I know. Shocking. All of it. Yep. Um, so I just put on here... There will always be a role-playing game in my collection. Most likely, Dungeons & Dragons or Savage Worlds. Because those are the two systems that I really... That are currently still being supported that I like. But like... The problem with putting a role-playing game on a list like this, like a specific one, is when the support ends for a specific game, so does my loyalty.
0: <laughs> so
2: as long as they keep making books, I will keep playing. But if they stop, then I will switch to something else that's being actively supported. But I can't imagine a time where there's not a role-playing game in my collection at some point. So just throwing that one out there. All right, Fletcher, what else do you have? Anything else you want to mention that you want to keep? And then we'll go into the I don't like these games, even though I, w- I don't imagine keeping these games, even though I once liked them.
0: Um, I mean, I didn't put it on the list, but I guess a maybe for me would also be um, Catan since we're talking about it. Like, yeah, I could see like maybe keeping that game. Uh it, it also falls in the same category as like pandemic. Like I played a lot of Catan, a lot of settlers of Catan.
2: So maybe I'm just kind of Cataned out. Yeah. I've played probably over a hundred games of Catan. I would say eighty of those were not were like the app, but I played a lot of in real life Catan too. Um yeah. my problem with Catan is just the playtime for the reward. It just takes too long. And, yeah. and i i am one of those people that believes that the best play count for a katana is five because you actually get to do things between other people's turns at four it is miserable it is just so much downtime so much not doing anything then it's your turn you make a bad die roll and you can't do anything and then you just wait for another 15 minutes before <laughs> you it's your get turn again.
0: you get sheep and you're like all right i can't do it i got more
2: sheep anybody yeah, wants Anyone sheep? want to trade no no okay, okay. <laughs> yeah um Catan has huge problems though but at five players it helps because everyone can between everyone's turn you get to um spend goods so it it's picks it up and it like reduces the downtime drastically which is ironic because five players has far less downtime than four players i think that rule should just be for every player count um but yeah that's my big problem with Catan. it's like it's like ugh, the time is just not worth the payoff all right kitty what are your other games
1: Uh, My last category of games is games that maybe I've kind of played out, but are so good to teach people a category of games. Like they're kind of beginner games, is what I've named it. So, Pandemic. Because I also don't have another good, like, cooperative game in my collection. And maybe I need to, like, upgrade my cooperative game. Maybe I'm seeing a hole in my collection here. Um, But it's really nice. More
2: Marvel United.
1: I don't like it that much <laughs> i have it in my collection you left me a copy and i, I just did. i don't like it <laughs> maybe i need to just play more but um it did not strike play my it again fancy. and I you'll like, learn to love it it doesn't feel as puzzly as pandemic and i know there's other games that have that same feel that fit in this um cooperative game category I like the puzzly aspect of it. I like thinking it out. I like discussing options with people. What are you seeing that I'm not seeing? How can we work together to solve this kind of stuff? Um, I think it's really fun to play with people who haven't played a lot of, you know, hobby board games because you're on the same team. You're working together. It's um, you. You don't feel like oh, when we when I win, it feels bad because. <laughs> I'm teaching you this brand new skill and you're bad at it. So I just won because, you know, and it it feels bad for everyone. So that's why I like Pandemic for beginners.
2: (laughs) I I honestly think that Pandemic is a very good co-op introduction, right? Because to your point, I mean, it's the co-op factor. You're still playing together versus whatever. But it's also relatively easy to see what's going on. And when something happens, it's like, okay, I didn't have any control over that. So I couldn't have made the right, like the yeah. exact right decision. Cause we're still playing probabilities. Yep. I say the difference between it and Marvel United is, and it, this does take a few plays to, to come out. And if we lived closer, you'd play more Marvel United with me, but Marvel United is far more puzzly because all of the information is essentially on the board, except for one card flip, but you have a lot more there. So with, pandemic because there's more information hidden from you i think it's an easier game to get into and not like micromanage the situation where with marvel united i don't need to play with other people i can just play the game by myself and tell you like this is what we should do because it's this is likely what the villain's going to end up doing so we need to do this and stop that and do here and it's a puzzle um with pandemic it's probabilities you know should we save paris ah it's unlikely that paris is going to get hit
1: we definitely need to save Paris.
2: Yeah, Paris is overrated.
1: And then my other then game on here is yep. Azul. And Azul is really great. I really like it as a game. But honestly, I'd rather be playing um, Calico. And it kind of fills the same niche for me. But Calico, there's a lot to hold on to when you're playing that game. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot to think about. Whereas Azul, it's much easier, like, you match the tile to the colors on your board. It's not any more complicated. Like, there's, you know, more strategy and stuff to that. But, like, with Calico, you're looking at, like, I have three different tiles that are giving me three different ways to score. And I have to keep patterns and colors in mind. And I also have these other ways to score. And also there's the buttons. And it's it's much more point salad and harder to see who's doing what and who's winning and feeling like you're doing a good job.
2: Yeah. I mean I like Azul. I've never owned it. I will play it whenever anyone wants to play it. Um but I don't I don't think I would ever own it. I would pull out, you know, probably Sentry or Gizmo's first. Probably Sentry for, for like an Azul level game, it's, it's usually Sentry. Yeah.
1: And like Splendor was something I thought about too for this category, but like eh, I prefer Azul. Yeah.
2: I think Azul has the same simplicity of Splendor as far as the rules are concerned, but more meat at the scoring. Uh, but the problem is the meat of scoring is intimidating to people because for some reason, it's actually hard to explain how Azul scores. It shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> so like, yeah, but I Splendor, is like pretty after
1: You score the first round. With Splendor, you can just like lose. <laughs> Really yeah. badly and not <laughs> and know not that know you've why. lost really badly until the end. Yeah. Um, but after the first round of Azul, you count up those points and you see like, oh, somebody put these three in a row and they've got five points. I only have these three separate. I only got three points. You know, so now I know like, oh, I have to be watching for the groupings. This is, You know, in each round, you watch everyone else's score. You see what they're doing at their boards. It's much easier to see what's happening as the game is going on.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a few games in my maybe category. Um, a few that, well, one that no one's ever heard of, which is Dinogenics, which is a uh, basically a Jurassic Park board game. Now, this this came out around the same time, like three or four other. Jurassic Park-style board games came out. This is the one I happened to back on Kickstarter. I've played it a couple of times. A friend of mine really likes it. I keep it basically because she's not a big gamer, and when she comes over, she'll play this one. So I'm like, all right, um, I will keep it. And I, I don't foresee getting rid of it because it's valueless, and it, <laughs> it does everything. It's like a great Jurassic Park game. Um, Mind Management is on my list. It's a maybe, but it's a likely because it's a hidden movement game. I don't have any other hidden movement games on my list. And I really like the simplicity and speed that this game can play at. Um, I also have The Crew on here. Uh, the reason why it's in the maybe category is because we have played it so much <laughs> that it might... Like, I can't imagine removing it because it's so such a small box game. But we played it so much. Um and mm-hmm. I can imagine other something else might replace it if another co-op trick taker came out. Um but maybe not.
1: See and then I like it for like to introduce people to the concept of co-op trick taker is like, oh, I'd play yeah. with other people. But like I'm not gonna play with you in Sydney again. No.
2: We played no, it so much, it. right? There's, and we, there's so many other we're games done. That we can play. Yeah. <laughs> like we beat both of them and then played it some more after that. Yeah. So the next two are on here. They're kind of similar and it's like, which one wins and that's Battletech and car Wars. Um, I can't, again, I can't imagine getting rid of either of them, but I could see it happening. If, you know, neither of my kids decided that they liked any kind of tabletop miniature games. Uh, you know, cause then I just really look at it and I was like, if oh, I had good kids to play these games with me? So if I get rid of them, then, you know, I won't dislike my kids as much. Um, and then I threw out a few card games that I had, like, all of. And, again, there are games like... you know So, uh, Star Wars, the living card game. Game of Thrones, the living card game. Both of them are dead. They're, like, not necessarily dead, but they've completed. So, they're not making anything more. I have everything. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do with these? Maybe at some point these might be played again. Maybe not. Um, and then I have Summoner Wars on here, too, which I think is probably... Dinogenics, Mind Management, and Summoner Wars are probably the top ones that I would keep, because Summoner Wars is like the simple dueling card game with um, kind of a grid board movement and stuff that is really easy to teach. It's pretty swingy, so it always feels like you're doing something cool, but... Um, There is a lot that, like, there's a lot of strategy. Like, the skill cap for this game is pretty high, but the entry level is really low, so it it would make for a fun, you know, just kind of a dueling card game. But yeah, so like I said, I own all of them, so I'm like, eh, I I just don't know. I don't know if I'd ever get rid of it since I own all of it, and it's hard to get rid of literally probably over a thousand dollars on for car wars star wars game of thrones i think each of them is you know once all is said and done the value of those are well the cost of them was pretty darn high for what i have so i don't see myself just getting rid of it willy-nilly and then fletcher you have you don't have any more on yours he has one what more your game not
1: oh yeah. do you no there's only one in his probably not that he hasn't talked about i think
2: oh so what's your other probably not oh yeah you have one more that one, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: the captain is dead. Um, I, it's not that I don't like this game. It's just—is
1: uh, it-, it that it's impossible to win?
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was my question. Was like, I because I was thinking about Pandemic, and I was like, what's a game that has like the same cooperative feel as Pandemic, but maybe like is a step up? But like, and this game came to mind. However, it's impossible.
0: Is that why yeah. you gave it away to me? And I've played it a number of times, <laughs> and I've—I don't think I've ever managed to beat this game.
2: It, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think honestly, I think this is why I gave it away too. Is because the concept is fantastic. It's a great oh, yeah. concept. Yeah. It's a. Great I like the concept. setting. The, yeah. the so only time I think know... I
1: won, we accidentally <laughs> cheated.
2: <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't know, it's it's basically Star Trek, the captain's dead, so you're playing the different crew members and there's constantly something going on with the ship and you're trying to fix it and you're trying to essentially escape and it's just overwhelmingly difficult. You can't win. Yeah. So like you'd have you have to kind of house rule it to make it easier. Um if you want a like a co op that you can win. Like I think co op should be winnable 70% of the time. Like, that's, that's kind of my thing. Even it,
1: like, 50-50, I'd, you, I'd get on board with.
2: I'd settle for 50-50. <laughs> right? Um, but you shouldn't, like, every single time you play, it's like, oh, we've gotten to turn two and we're dead now. Like, I've literally lost <laughs> at, like, turn three and Captain is Dead on a regular basis. It is that punishing. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you, you have to do all of these things. There's never enough time.
1: <sighs> it's such a shame, though, because it really is. It's so thematic and so... Fun in theory, but it just it just grinds you down. <laughs> yeah,
2: it does. So, I I agree with this. Like, it, it there's could another be, like, catastrophe. A, a like, come on, every man yeah. for themselves. <laughs> just go to the escape pods and leave. <laughs> so, they just need to make an. Ex- and there's two expansions to this, two standalone expansions to this. Um, they just need to make an expansion <laughs> that makes the game easier. Yeah. <laughs> the captain is paralyzed yeah <laughs> he still gives you extra actions, and that's that's all that matters. Just give me like extra actions and and we'll or be just good.
1: pull those cards like slightly less often. It's every single player's turn. If you pull one of those cards around, it's not so bad. Every no. single turn,
2: yeah, oh yeah punishing it's rough. Um, I do like the game though. Like I really I- do like the game,
1: <laughs> also like that. Uh, Terrence's reaction to our description of this game is, ooh, I should introduce this to my game group. <laughs> Do you, you not know. like them, Terrence? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this the captain them is dead, but we didn't alone. like it very much anyway. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. The stuff that is definitely not on my list, uh, I mentioned at the top, any, any campaign game, um, most Marvel games, most games that just take up so much space, that if I'm not playing them, not Marvel games, um, CMON games, because I have a lot of CMON games and I've gone all in on a lot of those CMON games. And if I were just to get rid of those, I think I could like have a third kit. I'd have the space for it. Um, <laughs> there's just But so, so you'd end up with twins, much. so it wouldn't work anymore. Anyway. Would yeah, and then I'd have to. Uh, no, I can't do that. Um, but I have like four versions of Zombie Side. Um I just got the Masters of the Universe game, which is really good. Massive Darkness 2, which is really good. Blood Rage, which I mean it's it was good, but it's then fine. it kind of plays itself out. Um Ankh and Rising Sun. Like I love Rising Sun, but it's a three-player plus game, and there's like, you know, it's just the gameplay style that I don't have the group to play with. Ankh is a is a good two-player game, but it sucks at every other player count. Um yeah, fight me. I'll fight you on that one. Um it's it's just there's there's so much content I think and honestly seventh uh, seventh continent falls in this too games that just have so much content that I'm never going to get through it are more likely to get cut than games that have content that I actually want to play like uh, Marvel United all of the content is viable. I may not play against every single villain, play every single hero, but having them it's like they're viable, they're interchangeable. It's not like I'm missing something by not playing, you know, Captain Marvel or something. But with this stuff that just has endless amounts of stuff, I'm at a fatigue where I'm like I just I want to get rid of it. I want it to go away. Um, Bloodborne's another one, another Simon game. So, at some point I turn from like, oh, I want, I want, I want to, I look at it and I'm just like, I'm angry I have that. <laughs> what has become of me? I don't know.
1: I don't know. You but- actually discussed Marie Kondo in not like <laughs> deriding her today. So, you know, I'm not sure who you are or what you've done with Chris. I'm, but- I-
2: I'm just saying it like when you've just limited it to you are either never allowed to get rid of this or you have to get rid of it. It, it makes it easier to make that decision on a lot of these cases. On a lot of these, see,
1: things. I still think you're you're not seeing But the the magic of this exercise was because it's not about what do you want to get rid of. It's about what do you want to keep. What is sparking joy? It is. Yeah. It is. And then once you see, like, oh, these are the things that I want. These are the things that I love. These are the things I want to keep. Everything else loses its shine. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, I can get rid of that because it's not the thing that I love. And, yeah, there are things that, you know, you have to keep because, you know, Nostalgia. Toilet paper doesn't spark joy, but you need it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the opposite of not having toilet paper definitely does not spark joy. So, (laughs) yeah. Christopher's like, our little Chris is growing up. It took me 350 episodes. But, I mean, it has been a journey. Over the last seven years, it's been a journey. And to I want to buy every game and, and just read the in- instruction book. So that's where I started. I buy games just so I can read the rules. Um, to okay, I bought it so I can play it once and I've never played it again. To I bought it and it's probably still in shrink, so I have to give it away. I mean, she agrees with me. Um, her sister
1: dropped her pacifier on her head. <laughs> She's fine.
2: <laughs> it happens. But now I'm just like, I want games that I want to get to the table. Like, I want to play the games I have. And that's that's where I'm at right now is I want to play the games I have until I'm so sick of them that, okay, now I can find the next game. And a lot of it has to do with, like, when I made this list, it's each one of these fills a specific niche. And, you know, the closest ones here that maybe I could be forced to pick is between War of the Rings and Star Wars Rebellion. But still, both of those feel so different um, that... I still, I can't imagine getting rid of either of them, and I would still play either either of them anytime. So, yeah. Um, this was a great exercise for me. I don't know, Fletcher, like I said, you just glanced at your game collection. and Wrote <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. all categories. down. I yeah, wrote it down. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I recommend everyone, just take a look. Say... Do I imagine staying, keeping with this forever? You can do that with relationships too. Like if you're dating someone and you can't look at that person and say, you know, something, I can imagine keeping this person forever. Mm, Then you, sorry, Spencer, you don't (laughs) enjoy anymore. (laughs) You're done. It's good. You're over.
1: You left me here. (laughs) Two babies. I mean, sure, I agreed to it, but (laughs) he
2: he took the other two, so I guess it's It's true. And
1: the dog.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's almost like you have a day off. What are you complaining yeah. about?
1: I only have two newborns. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So That's simple. don't well. <laughs> know like they can go anywhere. No. There's that. It's
1: true. They are still like, man, if I had two six-month-olds that were crawling, no.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this They're still in actually the like, if terrible. I set
1: them down and I walk away and I come back, they'll still be there in the exact same a spot. Yep. <laughs> Put <on> cage.
2: <laughs> I actually got one of those. That would be useful. (laughs) Let's end this episode the same way we always have. And maybe the last time we end it this way, honestly. Not Um, with a bang, but with a whimper. With a whimper. (laughs) Two little baby whimpers
1: tabletop game talk is a proud member of the dice tower network we have a discord you can join us there to continue the conversation and be part of our live recordings it's also where you'll find an endless stream of games you can play with us and other listeners on bga links are in the show notes or you can go to tabletopgametalk.com to find out more
2: reminder if you wanted to add something to the next episode go to discord and there will be a thread um in one of the threads um somewhere I haven't decided where yet. (laughs) Cool story. Hosting fees and giveaways
0: have been sponsored by our patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, The Gifted Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Emil Jilljam, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keefe, Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Jossie, Tolkien Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero. Old Sci-Fi, a.k.a. Tim, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Solander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Jerry Wong, Sean P. Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Witchman, and Michael 27.
2: Until next week, where we'll talk to you for one more time, keep playing games, and having fun.
0: I think they did pretty good, Kitty. I yeah. think they're replacing us.
2: <laughs> yeah. They are Just, the future of this podcast.
0: It's basically what Chris says anyway. <laughs> ouch. Just whining. It's, you're not wrong, but ouch. <laughs> <laughs>